0: The following is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey. This is a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information, and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD.
1: Hi, it's Casey. Today, you will meet a nun who went on a spiritual journey into the Amazon and drank the ayahuasca. I
2: had kind of a two-pronged first journey. One, I saw all the anger I ever spilled all over the planet, and in the form of the the, the river turned blood red, and the and the bushes turned to skulls, and, and then I was looking up at the stars, and every star became the face of a kid I ever taught, and when you've taught for 50 years, that's a whole lot of faces, and I could see that they were happy. These kids had forgiven me. They they weren't in pain, and so I thought, well, why, I'm the only one in pain here. What's going on?
1: Stay tuned for a heart-to-heart chat with Sister Jaguar. If you went to Catholic school, or even if you didn't, everyone can learn something about how an Adrian Dominican nun from Michigan found her God. But we will begin today with you becoming a monk, an urban monk. Urban Monk is the book from Pedram Sojai, the founder of Well.org. He has produced the movies Vitality and Origins. He also hosts the Urban Monk and Health Bridge podcasts. Petrum Sojayi is, among other things, an herbalist and a doctor of oriental medicine. His book, The Urban Monk, urges all of us to step up to the plate and change the world. Why? Well, because
3: it's time, and at the end of the day, if you aren't going to do it, who is? You know, we all think that there's someone out there that's going to fix the problems of the world, and we're all just kind of patiently waiting or voting for these morons and just, you know, sitting there trying to do our part um, to kind of uh, allow for this to happen, and, and that That's not how it works I mean it's time for us to step in and every time you see an injustice every time you see litter every time you see pollution every time you see something that you know doesn't really uh, speak to the world that you want to kind of you know grow into then it's it's on you your eyes saw it it's on you to correct it it's on you to do something about it and um, that way the world's problems will be resolved within a generation or two and not this this kind of crazy march towards you know who knows what, that we're on right now.
1: Yeah, we are on a crazy march. The Urban Monk is your second book, Eastern Wisdom and Modern Hacks, to stop time and find success, happiness, and peace. It's a wonderful book, and we're so happy you're with us today. Now, you are a Qigong master. Did I yep. say this right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, you got it. I need you to explain to me, because I don't know the answer, the difference between Qigong and Tai Chi.
3: Great question. So Tai Chi is a martial art Um, that is, you know, a derivative of Kung Fu that uses Qigong principles in its movement so that you can slow down your movement, uh, tie it in with your breath, and move kind of mindfully and intently using your breath and your power to kind of drive your attacks or your defense, if you will. It just looks really pretty, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Tai Chi. It's an amazing, amazing practice, and Tai Chi itself has Qigong practices, and Qigong's literal translation is energy work so it's kind of the the fundamental yoga that kind of powers the Tai Chi the Kung Fu and and the healing arts that really uh, you know is the glue in the whole Chinese system
1: all right Qigong so you're a Qigong master do you practice every day and what's your practice like
3: yeah So I practice every day. It depends on the time of year you're getting me. Um, I have a a set that I do every single morning uh, before I urinate, uh, which takes about, I don't know, three, four minutes. Uh, It just kind of locks in and powers you up during the day. And then I have a longer set that I'll get in at some point during the day, um, about 20, 25 minutes. um, And then I'll sit for at least 10 minutes of meditation to kind of, you know, let it settle in and and just kind of bask in the sunshine of it. It just feels great.
1: And why do you hold your pee?
3: Uh, because when you get up in the morning the most kind of rote and routine thing you could do is just get up stumble in pee get back into bed and all that Uh, so that's one of the reasons but the other reason is there's a lot of energy lost through the kidneys in the morning so you hold your pee you do the practice you pull the energy up the spine power up the brain then you go pee and then At that point, you're ready to start your day. There's no rolling back into bed. You are are ready.
1: Got it. Got it. I've um, adopted the practice of drinking two cups of water before I pee in the morning, but I didn't know why I was doing it.
3: (laughs) It's good. And it's a really good way to get hydrated before you even start your day.
1: It makes my eyes feel open. That's why I do it.
3: Nice. Nice.
1: So the book, The Urban Monk, you called it this because...
3: Well, we all live in a world where we got mortgages and rents and responsibilities and all this kind of stuff and all these practices that we feel guilty about not getting to uh, they come from ascetic lineages which is you know hey i'm gonna go sit sit on a rock and meditate eight hours a day well who's got time for that in this world and so how do we live our lives Mindfully, how do we find balance and peace in the lives that we're in instead of thinking we need to run for the hills all the time. And that, that right there, I think, has caused so much uh, strife. It's basically, you know, line the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry and it's got us all kind of running around like crazy thinking the weekend or the, the, week, the, the week in Maui or whatever it is that we think we're, we're going to get to self-correct is going to fix that, and it doesn't. So the question becomes one of burn rate. It becomes a question of how can we adjust how we roll throughout the day so that we have energy left in the tank for our spouse for our kids for our dreams for everything right for our immunity and that's part of you know how we need to change how we live
1: well you address it on page 49 but what can you tell our listeners about why they feel so tired
3: oh my goodness first of all there's never enough time, right? Because we take on too many things in too little time, and then we don't know how to manage that time, and it it boots up the stress. So stress kind of basically is a sieve. It it really kind of clamps down on our system. And then the food that we're eating isn't giving us the nutrients that we need. Most of us are feeling tired after meals, and that's uh, completely unnatural because what we're supposed to do is get energized from meals. Uh, And so take the ability to extract energy from food and take that away. Uh, add a bunch of chemicals and toxins in the environment and the food and the preservatives that our body doesn't recognize as food, so it has to attack and and really, you know, think of it's either friend or foe. And so then the immune system is overactive. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not getting enough rest, and the stress is, is winding it down. So the whole point is how do we unwind all those things and eke out more energy in every department in our lives so we can feel well again?
1: We are talking to Pedram Sojai. He wrote The Urban Monk. He is also the founder of Well.org, which we'll get to in a minute. But I want to know how The Urban Monk feels about money.
3: So money is everything in our culture in a way that, you know, look, if I want, if I want to eat, um, usually it costs money. And so it's, it's a medium of exchange. And one of the things about money that I think has been a real challenge for kind of people that are in kind of the, the mindfulness community, spiritual communities and all this is that, you know, we don't want to touch it, right? It's either you're greedy or you're spiritual. And, and what that's done is it's led to all the greedy sociopaths taking over the economy, taking over the, uh, the political system, and it's, and it's led to a real mess. And so for me, Money is just currency; it's a flow. And so, uh, you know, my next movie is on conscious capitalism and how we can vote with our dollars. So I only support companies that are doing the right thing. I support companies that are making a difference and fair trade and gender equality and all the good things that that would make for you know a world I want my kids to grow up in. And money is how we direct that power to the people that we feel are doing the right things. And so, you know, having a relationship with money that helps support your um, your ethics and Uh, your kind of worldview is something that an urban monk really needs to step into to make the world a better place.
1: It's hard work, and I'm trying this on a small level in the grocery store when I'll pick up bananas, and I'll say, oh gosh, these traveled too far. I'm sure I can find bananas that didn't have to travel so far.
3: Yeah. Yeah, every little thing, whether it's you know just opting out of a bag at the grocery store or deciding to you know walk somewhere or really just look at you know the companies that are supporting. I mean, there's plenty of companies out there that are like giving back to the villages in Panama and all these places. That you know we, we have these all these problems. Everyone's complaining about immigration. Well, the guy that's now over causing trouble in some town in America was probably you know forced out of his village in you know Central America because of economic reasons because of unfair trade and so we trace back to all this stuff And it's just like all these problems come from just you know things that we can resolve and so i you know i support companies that help create dynamic uh you know economies right where the products that i consume are grown and i want to see that they're consumed with love and not you know you know got sprayed with pesticides they're gonna kill my family and so there's a lot of things that we can look at that would change everything and that's the time we live in
1: The Urban Monk is the book that you should pick up. Everyone is on board and nodding their head. I can feel it. But on page 157, we have a chapter here, or at least a paragraph, entitled Communicating with Plant Spirits.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I learned this from some shamanic teachers uh, over the years, and I also learned this from my Kung Fu Grandmaster, in uh, just understanding that there's life and consciousness in everything. So why not? just sit with the plant and and introduce yourself why not ask it you know what it can do for you why not communicate and see what it is that the medicine men women and and physicians of old all knew and used in their body of work which was understanding that there's spirit and consciousness that that basically envelops us and moves through us and it's in its kind of the the medium of life through which all life uh, communicates and so you know look this stuff Sounds esoteric, but you know, my, my, my whole thing is hey man, just try it don't knock it till you try it and once you try it you'll realize that there's a lot more you didn't know uh and a lot more to you and your connection with all of it.
1: Yay, yay. And those of us who do talk to our plants, you just made us feel a lot better. <laughs>
3: you're not crazy yeah. no absolutely not it's, it's wonderful stuff and like you know I'm out in my garden right now and like I'm looking at all the trees that I love and uh, you know they support me I support them back it's wonderful it's
1: good alright I could talk to you forever the book is wonderful The Urban Monk Pedram Sojaye of Well.org where can we find out more about you?
3: yeah theurbanmonk.com well.org and um, I've got more movies coming and uh, TV and all sorts of stuff I mean I've, look I threw at the gauntlet and I decided that my life is going to be committed to making things better And um, I'm not the urban monk. Everyone who reads my book becomes an urban monk. It's not about me. It's about each of us stepping up in our families, stepping into our bodies and making a difference in the worlds around us. And that all starts with every decision we make.
0: This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show, information, fun, and inspiration.
1: Do your hands need a beauty makeover? Hands have always been a sign of elegance. And even if you have a youthful facial appearance, hands don't lie. Now there is an easy solution for aging hands. Radius is the first and only FDA approved product to correct volume loss on your hands. Radius restores beauty by filling out that hollow look to the back of your hands, leaving them looking smooth and natural results can be seen immediately lidocaine is added to the radius making this a virtually painless procedure in less time than it takes for lunch the results of radius hand lift treatment will make your hands soft and supple again the procedure is safe and can last up to 15 months call today and schedule your hand lift consultation with dr david bank Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco, 914-241-3003. You'll find out more at thecenterforderm.com. Hi, it's Casey. here's a little story. I was named after two nuns, K and C, Kathleen and Colette, Sister Holy Infancy and Mother Superior, from Villa Loretto in Peekskill. I will save the long version of that story for another day. I was also raised by nuns at St. Patrick's School in Verplanck, New York. Sister Catherine Mary, my 7th grade teacher, still a very close friend. She was a brand new nun when I was in 7th grade. She's the best. So with this background, I approach today's interview with Sister Judy Bisignano, and our connection is our ancestors both hail from Calabria. Sister Judy is now lovingly called Sister Jaguar. After having seen a jaguar in the Amazon, She saw all kinds of things when she drank the ayahuasca. We'll get to that. How does a nun from Michigan get to go on a spiritual quest in the Amazon? Her life coach set it
2: up. Well, my friend Sandra Morris, she's my uh, kind of quasar shrink friend, mentor. Uh, she knew that I needed help with my anger. Of, I only I only had anger for 68 years. I don't know why she thought I needed help. But she, <laughs> so she slips me into the Amazon, and I got cured there, and I've been on a pretty good path ever since. Now,
1: you are a nun. So yeah. uh, we don't imagine that nuns are angry for 68 years. What were you so mad at?
2: Oh, well, I was abused as. This- As a a child It's not sexual um, Physical and verbal abuse By my mom Then when I got to the convent There was just more More abuse More emotional abuse And um, really I was mad Before I ever entered the convent And this went on I started schools And wrote books And gave talks And I was pretty successful But really depressed And miserable the whole time Just just angry And I think I spewed that out Everywhere I went Unfortunately Wow Now But you were close to God Didn't that make you happy? No, because I didn't think I, I wasn't close to God. I never really had any relationship w- with God. I tried, and, but in terms of the, uh, the church, in terms of um, more traditional ritual, it just didn't work for me.
1: Wow, but you were a nun. I mean, how could you become a nun and not feel close to God?
2: In the 1960s, it was a, a platform for social justice, and you could you could work with other women and make a statement for, for peace, statement for the poor, and that resonated with me. I was much more of a, a worker than a than a mystic, and uh, that just made sense that, that um, I loved being in community with, with these women, and I loved the work, but um, the spirituality just wasn't there for me. Wow, that couldn't have been easy. I, mean, I tried to be as miserable as I could, and I was pretty successful.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you go back and make amends to anybody?
2: Absolutely. It's sort of I guess it's like, I don't know, I guess it's like the 12-step program. Of course, you have to you have to forgive yourself first and then you got to go back and ask others for forgiveness. But you know
1: you were hurting inside and that's why what came out came out. But what happened in the Amazon jungle?
2: Well, there's uh, a tribe there called the Achuar tribe and and they just live in this pristine environment that's just so so out of my element and and their culture was different their ritual was different and they and their plant medicine was different the ayahuasca really when I drank ayahuasca for the first time it was really life changing
1: ayahuasca sister what are you drinking what is it? what's that
2: all about <laughs> well it's a pretty powerful hallucinogenic really it's uh, not legal in this country but in Ecuador it's a sacred plant and um, it just forces you out of your head and into your mind I couldn't have I couldn't have stayed in my old story if I if I wanted to it just pushed me to a new a new consciousness
1: wow what did you see in that state and how often could you get there
2: well I sort of get there every day through meditation now but I had kind of a a two-pronged first journey. One, I saw all the anger I ever spilled all over the planet and in the form of the the, the river turned blood red and the and the bushes turned to skulls. And, and then I was looking up at the stars and every star became the face of a kid I ever taught. And when you've taught for 50 years, that's a whole lot of faces. And I could see that they were happy. These kids had forgiven me. They, they weren't in pain. And so I thought, well, why, I'm the only one in pain here. What's going on?
1: So you drank the ayahuasca You had a life-changing, transformative experience. And when you came out of that, did you cry? Did you laugh? What was that like?
2: Well, I was just at peace. It was the first time... That this old nun ever 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 had a had a religious a spiritual experience first time i ever I had been looking for God in all the wrong places I was just uh, humbled and just uh just at peace really
1: Wow now tell me about the Sandra Morse that took you into the jungle. who is this
2: this is a friend and she's a uh uh i guess a life coach much more than a life coach i think and and she just knew that um that 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 my old story had been uh really tattooed onto my soul, and there was no way I was going to change my story without... She's not very conventional in some of her uh, suggestions, and I think she knew that she takes people into the, into the Amazon every year um, for this eco-retreat, and she just knew that that would be what, what I needed, and it was.
1: Wow. That's a yes. good friend to have. Now, you could have left... How do you say? You could have left the convent? You could yes, have left uh-huh. your calling at any time. Uh-huh. Why did you not?
2: because it wasn't, I I wouldn't have found peace if I had left, and I wouldn't have found peace if I had stayed. I had to find it within myself, and it had nothing to do with the... Institution around me, I think. Uh, I think you're always going to have a, a mother or a father or a superior or a boss or a spouse or a friend that you're going to come in conflict with, and you're never going to run away from. You're never going to find peace unless you find it where you are and, and and within who who you are.
1: So, Sister Jaguar's journey is the wonderful book that everyone can relate to on their own journey. the The people there called you grandmother.
2: No, we called ayahuasca grandmother. That's kind of our code word for grandmother. Oh could have called me grandmother. I, they called me Sister Jaguar. And how did you get the name
1: Sister Jaguar?
2: I'm the only person from the north to have ever seen a jaguar in the rainforest. And and it's pretty phenomenal and very, very unusual. And and the Achuar people were so amazed that they ran up to Sandra and said, uh, donde uh, hermana Otarango? Where's Sister Jaguar? Where's Sister Jaguar? Wow. And so the name kind of, they called me Sister J anyway, so So uh, the name stuck. Do you think that seeing that a jaguar had any significance? It does, because uh, for them, the jaguar uh, guards the the portal between the underworld and the middle world and the upper world. And it's sort of the gatekeeper. And uh, I went from one level of consciousness to another. and And it also kind of predicts that there's going to be a profound, radical change in your life. And that certainly happened.
1: Right. How is your life different now?
2: Well, I'm I'm 73. I broke my leg four years ago, and and it never healed. So I'm basically a cripple. I'm sitting on the side of my bed with my Amazon uh, medicine beads around my neck uh, in my PJs. I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, talking to you now. And uh, this is my new classroom. I'm still a teacher. It's just a different. It's a different uh, way of communicating.
1: Right. So so you can't walk on this leg at all.
2: Mm, barely. I'd say maybe 20 percent. But wow, but barely.
1: that's too bad. Now if we could get you back to the Amazon, maybe they got something for that.
2: Well, maybe they do. And and I think really it's one thing to live in peace after the ayahuasca experience in the middle of the rainforest. It's another thing to live with peace when you're crippled and you're in pain. So it's not, no one's exempt from life. And um, I think to, to have peace when it's, when there's a struggle is, is maybe a little bit more authentic. Right. So can you look
1: at this, um, you know, this bad leg as maybe God wants you to just work where you are right
2: now? I don't know. I don't think God jumps in and out of no i don't, I don't think so. I no. think I just should have been watching where I was walking.
1: excellent. Uh, Tell me more about that. You don't think God jumps in and out of our daily lives like that?
2: No, no, God isn't there. Uh, people say, well, you know you could just you could cure you, if you had faith, you could cure yourself. I'm thinking, well, yeah, i hear I, I see that on t v with the magic water and et cetera, et cetera maybe, but I think uh I think to be able to find happiness in the midst of the pain is, is also a miracle, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, how does God interact with us then?
2: Um, We go to her in our silence and in our um, yeah, in in in, in the present moment. And if we, for me, if if you can find some place in nature that's beautiful and and move from the from the rat race in your head and the story of your past, if you can move to your heart in the in a moment of gratitude, I think that's. That's where where churches. So,
1: Sister Jaguar, I know a lot of nuns. I was named for two. I was raised by a half a dozen. One of my dearest friends is uh, uh, Sister Catherine Mary, Franciscan Sister of Peace. None of these nuns that I grew up with called God
2: her. (laughs) Tell me about your order. Well, I'm an Adrian Dominican out of Adrian, Michigan, and we're pretty. We're pretty um, out, in the, out in the front of things. We always have been since the 1960s, which was part of the attraction. And uh, they sort of tolerate my uh, presence. I think I, I, I think I'm worthy of membership, but uh, I don't. They don't tell me very often, but I just make that assumption.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and And they do you? They all call God She, or just you?
2: Oh, I think a lot of nuns, I think a lot of nuns call god she and the achuar call god pachamama mother earth and they think that when they were born and they left the, their mother's breast that they they went to plants and started started eating the plants and she continues to feed them so so the achuar have had the image of of a divine presence as as a feminine presence so it works for them it works for me
1: pachamama mother earth yes all right what is your wish for the future what is your work for the future
2: I hope that everybody can uh, find their journey and get through their journey with with peace without breaking their leg at the end of it.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you are a joy and a delight. Where can we go and find more about you?
2: Uh, Sister Jaguar's Journey on Amazon.com.
1: Sister Jaguar's Journey Amazon.com. Yes. You're a joy. Do you have a Twitter uh, account? Uh, no, I'm on Facebook. I'm going to go find hey. you because I want to keep in touch. Well,
2: thank you. Thank you. This is big bene. Moltabene, bene. Hey, Sister Jaguars.
1: Hey. <laughs> have a beautiful day. Really, You're- God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye bye. That's Sister Judy Bizigano, known in parts of the rainforest as Irmana or Tarango sister jaguar get the book sister jaguar's journey and proceeds will help make life better for villagers in the amazon visit sister jaguars and hey let's keep in touch find shine on the health and happiness show on facebook email me at casey at gmail.com and let me know if you'd like a copy of either of the books we talked about today the urban monk or sister jaguar's journey and find out what i'm up to and hear the podcast anytime at casey see you next week You've been
0: listening to The Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of The Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Recapture your youthful look with Dr. David Bank. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseradio.com. And join Casey for another edition of The Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD.